We are returning to our season reviews, uh, this time one that I feel like a lot of you have been waiting for, maybe for good reasons, maybe for bad reasons. Um, today we are talking all about the guy that I love to hate, uh, Mathieu Olivier on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, uh, joined by my co-host, Hayden Halson, and uh, we are going to be talking all about Mathieu Olivier today. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. Uh, we've got that new co-host YouTube subscriber bump at the minute. We got a bunch of new subscribers over the weekend. You'd love to see it. Those are my, and, uh, that's my family. On, yeah, <laughs> everyone's tuning in to see Hayden. That's what it is. It's my family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're also on SiriusXM now, which is super exciting. Go to the SiriusXM app and you can find Locked on Blue Jackets there. I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase let's uh let's get the show on the road this is a a season review that i have kind of been equal parts dreading and looking forward to because i have been pretty vocal and like every day as long-time listeners will know i have been pretty vocal about olivier's role on this team basically the entire season right up from when he was traded all the way through to like literally two episodes ago um however I do think there are things that he kind of brings to this team that are valuable. I just don't know that I put as much weight on those things as other people, um, GMs, coaches, other players, things like that. Um, but let's let's start off. Let's talk about the good. Um, what, for you, Hayden, what was your biggest kind of positive takeaway from Olivier this season? Well, it's the one thing that I think I can already tell that you don't like about him as the one characteristic that I obviously do like about him, and that is his toughness. I think when you look at the modern day NHL and the a lot of people draw his role similar to what an old school kind of goon used to be, where before the game, this guy had a beef with a player or this team knew that this other team had a goon on it. So you line up the goons. I don't think it's that style of a kind of guy anymore. I think he's just overall a tough guy who just happens to be really good at fighting. I think he's actually a, a pretty solid player too. I think in this first year, while he didn't stack the stats like you saw, Jay, he did get five goals. Um, <laughs> I done it again. It doesn't sound like a lot, but for a player that you're going to probably just plan on having on your third or fourth line, uh, I think he brings a lot. I think he really brings a lot. And I think for anybody that was at a game at Nationwide Arena that saw Matthew Olivier drop the gloves, that guy is in ill like he is an electric factory because he just he gets the crowd going simply because he's just tough. Like, I, there was a game against the Islanders this year where the Islanders were kind of pushing the Blue Jackets around, and he dropped the gloves with Anders Lee, and the crowd just went insane, and he won that fight too. And I think that was the first fight I had seen him 
really truly like math old-fashioned Matthew Olivier style dominate um I say old-fashioned because he's been doing this he did this back in the AHL there's this widespread video of him bloodying a guy's visor uh because he beat him so bad now I don't I get where we should be in sports and understand we we shouldn't really be promoting fighting uh in fact a lot of games and a lot of a lot of sports are trying to weed that kind of stuff out and I do think that's good um but it's still in the game today, and other teams are going to have guys that are fighting. So I I like the fact that the Blue Jackets have a said guy like that, and I also like that he's not a guy necessarily looking for the fight. You know, like he'll respond if, if players are going after some of our younger guys. I mean, Jay, I think as as you know, I mean, you live you spent some time out in L.A. I'm sure you're around some Ducks fans, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do Ducks fans feel about Jay Beagle? Probably they probably hate his guts because if you remember, Jay Beagle uh, grabbed Troy Terry like a rag doll and beat the pulp out of him, and and it wasn't right. It, I mean, but there's nothing the Ducks could do about it because the Ducks are just a, a team full of young, amazing talent. They had no physical tough guy to go uh, fight Jay Beagle after that. So I think you need to have a guy that at least poses the threat of fighting. And then when he gets the chance answers the bill. And I think Matthew Olivier at 26 years old chose promise, not only in that, but also he can score. I think he can do a little bit on offense. So that was my, that was my view of Jay of or not Jay Beagle of Matthew Olivier. Maybe one day he'll be as tough and as a uh, world renowned as Jay Beagle. Yeah, I think, and this, and this, I, don't know, I always feel really unfair to Olivier when I talk about him this season because I think a lot of the issues that I have with his game are not necessarily things that are under his control. Um, I think a lot of my issue with Olivier this season was that he played too much. Um, I think he he can be a really effective player when he's playing, you know, eight minutes a night on that fourth line and you just send him out there to be a pain in the butt and to kind of make life difficult for the other team. Um, fighting is, I mean, it is what it is. Like you say, it's in the game. Um, I would much rather the fight be like an emotionally charged one from a bad hit than a staged one that's, hey, we're two tough guys, let's just go and get the crowd riled up. Um, I don't necessarily like when fighting is given as a reason. Like, I feel like at least, there were at least half a dozen times this season where the Blue Jackets were losing. Olivier dropped the gloves and the Blue Jackets would either come back to win or come back to tie the game, lose in overtime, whatever. And every single time you can always predict what people say, what players are going to say. It's, oh yeah, Olivier gave us that you know, he put some life back into it. He really pumped everyone up with that fight. And I'm like, no, that's not, I don't know. It, I find it really frustrating right. when they, I feel like they give more credence to fights than they do to skilled players scoring goals, which like, that's how you, that's how you win the game. You, it's not who lands the most punches. It's, it's who scores the most goals. Um, I think I would, I, I like it in, in a, in a vacuum, I like Olivier's game. I think I don't think he is one of those guys that just goes out there looking to fight. Um, I wish he would take fewer dumb penalties. I feel like he took a lot of dumb penalties, led the team in penalty minutes this season. Um, shockingly, Sean Corrali, I believe, was second, which is still very funny to me. Um, <laughs> but for a guy that you're paying, what, 750k? I And you get 15 points out of that? Like, I'm not... I'm not mad at that, that level of production. Would I have liked to see him score 
a couple more goals, sure. But honestly, when they traded for him uh, last uh, last offseason, I believe, I looked at his numbers, I looked at him and was like, he's getting like four points this season and 400 penalty minutes. So the fact that you get like 15 points out of a 750k player. like And 81 I'm, penalty minutes, I believe. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I would like the penalty minutes to go down. Um, I can't find the spread of what was fights and what was minors. Um, Got to be a bulk of it fights. He had nine Ryan fights this year. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what we'll do. I will. We'll uh, we'll take a break. I'll look that up, um, and we'll talk about things that we didn't like so much about Olivier's game, because um, I feel like that's probably gonna uh, gonna add into that. But I do need to uh, tell everyone about indeed because there is no i in team but there's one in indeed which is the hiring platform that you need to build your team when you're hiring you need indeed it's the hiring platform where you can attract interview and hire all in one place you don't need to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for a million different candidates you know somehow match up perfectly to your job platform indeed does it for you they've got powerful tools that help you find candidates they've got indeed instant match uh, and with that, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Um, I've been unlucky enough over the past couple of years to find myself, you know, needing to apply for jobs. And Indeed is the only site I look at because I just think it's the best one. And uh, it's the only job site where you only pay for the applications that meet your must-have requirements. More than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed to hire great talent. And uh, you can join them. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Uh, the offer is good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Hayden, while I try and look up how many of those penalty minutes <laughs> were minors versus majors, um, I like a lot of Olivier's game kind of, like I say, in a vacuum. I think you you don't necessarily need a tough guy, especially in today's NHL. I feel like it's kind of, you know, you, you bring up the Troy Terry thing. I think at this point you kind of do still need a tough guy sometimes. I don't think that's a guy that needs to be in the lineup every night. Um, but in a vacuum, I can appreciate the kind of player that Olivier is. And I kind of... I appreciate the kind of person it is to be a player that probably goes into a game knowing that he's more likely to get punched in the face than he is to score a goal. So, like, I appreciate that about him. But I just, I think I was looking up um, the, I kind of, I looked at the, the um, what the Blue Jackets would have looked like this season if they'd all been healthy. And so I kind of picked the top 13 forwards. Um and kind of, I, I fell on the fact that would you rather have a guy like Olivier in the lineup or would you rather have a guy like Igor Chinikov in the lineup or a guy like Cole Sillinger in the lineup who Sillinger admittedly didn't have a great season. But if you ask me of those three guys, which one I would scratch, it's Olivier every day. And so I just like, what what do you think that Olivier kind of, like what? 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 What more do you want from Olivier to kind of see him take a, a that next step in becoming a, an impact player? Right. I think first of all, I already think he is an impact player. To be to be fair, I think he's already there because, as you mentioned, there were a couple times this past year where he dropped the gloves. It 
interjected energy into this team. They rallied back, either tied the game to get a point, which I think oftentimes we were upset about, or you know came back and, and won the game, which oftentimes we were upset about this year because we wanted L's. But um, I love that. I do. I know it's not... Uh, it's not necessarily, I guess, a, a modern way of doing things. Um, it's very old school, which I think is there's still room for old school in the sport of hockey. That's why I still uh, am attracted to the sport of hockey because it has so much of that old school, tough it out mentality to it. I mean, Jay, just last night I was actually playing a beer league game and I, uh, you know, hit a shot pretty hard from the blue line. I actually was just trying to get it on now. It wasn't even a slap shot and it hit. Uh, a woman that I was playing with, I played a co-ed league in the in the knee really hard, and she went down, and I could not believe she played the rest of the game. I honestly couldn't, but she did. And I just think there's a certain like toughness that goes around being a hockey player that I think is uh, somewhat sacred that I think uh, Matthew Olivier uh, is a part of in a in a modern way because I think if you put a guy like Matthew Olivier in the year, you know, two thousand and two. He's, oh, he's, he, a, he's a god. He's an incredible right. fan favorite. Everyone is buying Olivier jerseys. Like he is exactly he is an, like you say, he's an old school player. But we but and I say and it's important that we do not uh celebrate athletes that you know all their game is is physical and all they do is get out on the ice and do cheap shots. We shouldn't be uh praising that. We shouldn't be praising that anymore because that does lead to, you know, reckless plays and injuries and head injuries. Obviously, every time a player's on the ice, we want them to protect their head, neck, and spine. Like that's that's important. And I I just think Matthew Olivier, he just comes to me as a guy who he, he like has this stoicness about him. I don't know if stoicness is a word, but he's very stoic, if you will. And he's only 26. He's only 26, which blows my mind because, you know, this was a guy that I was talking about like the other day, like a guy like Anthony Duclair, who's in our room right now, who's shown a little signs of promise. He definitely is a, a guy that when his name comes up is a little bit of a buzzword, but he hasn't really established himself yet. But he has, has he really had the time? Have we really given Matthew Olivier the time to establish himself? As you said, he ate up a bulk of minutes. I don't like that. I want the next. Co- I don't want him out on the you know top six. Like I don't want to see that. He needs to be in the bottom six. Hope, preferably on the fourth line. But Jay, honestly, I like what he brings to the table. I think when you look at the playoffs and you look at what it takes to go deep in the playoffs, you need that tough-minded guy that's gonna die for his teammates kind of mentality. And I think Matthew Olivia 100% has that in his bag, and I can't wait to see it unleashed in a in a competitive season. Yeah, I think. Well, um, I just want to before I forget, um, I looked it up. Uh, he had uh, where is it? Eighteen minor penalties and nine major penalties. So, of his eighty-one penalty minutes, uh, forty-five of those were for fighting. Yeah, we need to clean that and up. That needs to be cleaned up. Six penalties, penalty minutes in of minor penalties. Um, but what is interesting, just to kind of put that in so he took 18 minor penalties he actually drew 17 minor penalties which is basically breaking even so like i will i will give him the credit for that um i'll give him two thumbs up for that i mean hey i mean let's clean up that one penalty that one that you had that made it that you had more minors than 
then that you that you got called on you, then you had it, you know, drawn. Let's clean that one up. But other than that, I like that. That means yeah, he's getting in the I mix, would. Jay. Don't you Nobody like guys else? like get in the mix um, on the ice, like make an impact? Let's see. I can probably find what his because he did a bunch of he killed about a fair amount of penalties as well. I feel like he had a non-zero amount of uh, penalty time. Let's see if I can find out what happened on those. Penalties. I just I look at a guy like him and I just think I think the modern i think what yarmo is trying to go for is he's trying to go for a tom wilson a Corey perry um but a cleaner version and i think matthew olivier is that i think the what you just told me there is that he is getting 18 penalties called on him and he's he had 17 drawn and he was in nine fights so that that means that for every penalty that was called on him there was a penalty called on someone else which means he's playing really damn clean hockey which I think I love like I love having the I almost love having a guy that's Tom Wells Tom Wilson worthy of giving credit for his toughness but not known for his dirtiness if that makes sense and I think that's what I vision when I see Olivier like we can kind of mold him and make him that guy we as in coaching staff and maybe I'll get the, 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 the royally as it were um I will say also penalty kill uh he had 37 minutes of penalty kill time this season. Uh, five goals allowed while he was on the ice, um, which is not the worst. Um, that is, in fact, way better than I was expecting. So, like, that's the thing as well. I feel like the guys that take a lot of penalties are usually the guys that are decent penalty killers. And so if they can figure out a way to keep him out of the box, then... He could be on the penalty kill more. Um, I have no problem with him getting more time on the penalty kill. Um, but I think it just kind of it all wraps right back around to Mathieu Olivier played too much this season. He played too high in the lineup. He was getting matched up against guys that were those skilled lines. He, I feel like, and again, this might just be confirmation bias because I was looking for it. I feel like every single time the Blue Jackets were down a goal, there was about a minute and a half left in the game. They needed to tie the game. And they would, Brad Larson would go ahead and send out that Corrali, Robinson, Olivier line. And shockingly, nothing would happen, you know? And like that's, it's frustrating. But if you, I would be really interested to see if, if the Blue Jackets keep him because he is an RFA. Uh, I don't, first of all, can we talk about something? I don't get how that does not, how that line doesn't work when it's on the ice like i see what brad i feel this is where i feel bad for coaches because i'm like those seem like three highly energetic players robinson his speed sean corrali his physical presence i mean he's always getting in the mix and then olivia he's always getting the mix that like that should work on paper i don't know why it didn't i i would i would like to see the new coach run that back not in crunch time every single game as you just said yeah. i think it, it does it comes down to that's a that could be a really good fourth line if they're playing against other players of similar skill levels but when you're matching like sean corrali Mathieu olivier and eric robinson against like the john Tavares line in toronto for example like I'm trying, I, I could, that was the first second line center no, you're right of, you know? yeah or like you know, boston's like, top you know. two or yeah yeah, like you, you, you roll that line against basically any top six in the league. It's going to get steamrolled, you know? So again, I feel like a lot of Olivier's failures, and I talked about this when I did the Sean Corrali season review as well, a lot of the failures of the player are actually the failures of the coach, you know? 
And I feel like I, I, I feel kind of guilty about that because I don't expect that Matthew Olivier is like, what's he going to do? Be like, no coach, I don't want to play against those guys. I'd rather play against, you know, fourth line guys or no coach. I want less ice time, actually. You know, he's not going to, hockey players aren't wired that way. People aren't wired that way. If the coach tells him to jump, he says, yes, how high, you know, it's, and so it's, it's frustrating to watch, but like you say, I will be interested to see whether that next head coach is Pascal Vincent, who is familiar with this trio, whether that new coach is someone like Gerard Gallant, who got fired about four hours after we released part two of our um, Who Should Be the Blue Jackets head coach uh, episode. Whoever it is, I would be interested to see what can happen because we've seen it from other teams like a fourth line can be so effective. Like it, they're, they're getting on in age now a little bit, but when I was kind of first getting into hockey, the Islanders fourth line of Matt Martin, Casey Zekas, and Cal Clutterbuck. I love Matt Martin. Just he's so he's brutal. Matt Martin is, I think what Mathieu Olivier should aspire to be like. Yeah. You know, he's that's, that's the kind of the player that I think he plays on the fourth line. He knows his role. He knows he's going to get maybe five goals a season, plays hard, but doesn't, I don't think anyway, doesn't cross the line. Um, and that's so the big thing. Can... I don't, that's the big thing. I feel like as long as you don't cross the line and look like the bad guy and are the guy that's, you know, drawing all the attention for the wrong reasons on the ice, then I have no problem with that. Like you're just the guy that comes in second and cleans up the mess. And we got highly skilled players. We are a lot like the, that young Ducks team that got beat up by Jay Beagle. By the way, the Ducks won that game, I think, 5-0, and I still only can remember Jay Beagle just holding Troy Terry by the jersey, just pumping him. So, like, you need to have guys on the ice to protect Kent Johnson, whoever our new center is. You know, we need guys out there to protect those young stars, and I think Olivier is is that guy. And I think he can I think he can score too. I mean, he only only had 5 goals in 66 games. He needs to up that. He needs to up that because he's too good of a player on the fighting part and on the toughness part that I don't want him to not be able to get to show that or get to be able to protect the guys because he's not doing anything else. So, um if we're going straight into grades, which I already have it in my head, I just locked it in. Uh, for me, Matthew Olivier is getting a B plus because I think I like what he brought. I think he brought a lot of positive energy to a team that just had none. And um, but I still think he has some a whole letter grade to grow, and I would love to see that uh, over the next year. And hopefully, he earns another contract. Yeah. I always find the letter grades really tough because I can never decide whether I want to grade on a curve. And be like, okay, well, looking at Olivier in a vacuum, what, like, I think looking at Olivier in a vacuum is, you're not going to get as good a grade as when you like, okay, well, you look at um, who he's surrounded by. And so I'm always like, in a vacuum, Mathieu Olivier, for me, is a D player. However... If you look at it in the context of what Mathieu Olivier was brought to this team to do, then I think you up that. I'm not going to go B. I think I'm going to give him a C, maybe a C plus. Um, like you, I think there's room to grow. Um, I, will, I will be interested to see if he's back next season. I think he probably will be. Um, making He made 750K this season. He is an RFA. Uh, he is arbitration eligible. 
Um, so that could be interesting, but based I, on the fact that Yamakakalina went out of his way to acquire him and traded, I believe, a fourth round pick. That's what I was him. just about to ask. What how much did we invest in him? Because I believe it was a fourth round pick. Let me that, double let me double check that. Um I remember but, listening to an interview with him back in October when he first around when he first got traded and he was really looking forward to playing in Columbus because of the opportunity and because he had came from a team like Nashville that you know was well established and had and he was really really excited to play in Columbus so I can imagine Yarmo's going to going to try to lock him in for Maybe maybe another bridge deal or something like that, but because I, I, I would be, I could see two years. At yeah, maybe a little bit of a rent. I don't want to see him making more than a million, if I'm honest. Right. But if he gets a two million deal, one million in the first, or like seven hundred fifty in the first year and one point two five in the second year, like I wouldn't, I would not be mad about that. Um, I kind of agree. I don't want to see it go over even a mil and a half for whatever short. If it's a two-year deal i don't know i don't want to see a whole lot either but i do like what he has in his bag okay so it was a 2022 fourth round pick uh which was originally toronto's the national predators drafted a guy called dennis hildeby a goaltender for him so we'll see i got got no Uh, comment on that until until hildeby wins the vesna i don't care yeah it's it's always tough to look at like prospects like, like that yeah draft pick trades because i'm like okay this kid is he was drafted not even a year ago he's like 19 years old oh he's 21 excuse me um so he oh. was so they drafted they drafted an overage goalie with that fourth round pick which is a choice um but that's that's the kind of i guess the argument is hildeby could turn into a really good piece but as of right now the blue jackets have and have a a depth piece that they. I don't know. For. I don't really like it when it always amazes me when it comes out later. Like, oh, can you believe this team traded this pick and this pick ended up being that guy? Like, like, oh yeah, it's kind of amazing that that's like it was traced back to that. But it's never like, oh, you missed out on that guy, which you technically did. But it's not like the Jackets would have necessarily drafted Hill to be at that spot. I guess. I guess he is a measuring stick, is what you're saying, is what you're using. Yeah, that more than anything. It's, it, like you say, it's tough to it's tough to really judge and say, okay, well, would you rather have had that kind of nebulous fourth round pick, which almost never turns into even a fringe NHL player, or would you rather have um, a guy like Olivier? Um, one last thing before we wrap up, because it's going to bother me if I don't. I'm just going to see if I can find out. Um, who the last effective player the Blue Jackets drafted in the first round, in the fourth round was. Because I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Um, in terms of the Blue Jackets' fourth round picks, um, Mikhail Poutier was a fourth round pick. He made his NHL debut. Um, he played like two games at the end of this season. Uh, Dmitry Voronkov, who we're going to talk about later this week, he just signed his ELC. Emil Bemstrom was a fourth-round pick. And uh, after that, we're going all the way back to 2015. But, like... 2012, you know, Josh Anderson. That, that, but, that work in the... Like, in the later rounds. Like, Vladislav Gavrikov, for example, was a sixth-round draft pick. But... It's a fourth-round How about round this? Pick, How about this name? 
about this name? 2008, fifth round, 127th overall from the Brandon Wheat Kings out of the WHL, Matt Calvert. That's who I want Matthew Olivier to be. Yes. Is a Matt Calvert. Be the guy that's like, whatever I can do to win this game, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to throw my body around. I'm going to, you know, go get my eyebrow cut wide open, go get 15 stitches and come back in the game and score the game winning goal. That's what I'm going to do. God, That's I the kind of guy. So much. Oh, he was um, my he favorite. I like one of my all time favorite blue jackets. He I love is. that guy. He is. If you ask me, he has a personal retired Jersey hanging up in my head. Like <laughs> number 11 is in the rafters in my head. Uh, like he is one of the like most Charlie hustle players the blue jackets have ever had and i love him for that and that's what i want matthew olivier to be agreed i was gonna say i don't know if anyone's wearing 11 at the minute they're not kevin stenland did for a minute um i miss him stenland was he was how's he how do you do with worked out yeah did he kevin stenland so that was we'll be here for another half an hour on all of the (laughs) yeah got away uh tomorrow we'll be talking about chl playoffs I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B. Hopefully, Elon Musk makes good on his promise to um, get rid of purged accounts so I can have the one without the underscore because I want it and it's, it should be mine. Uh, Hayden, you can find online at Hayden H971. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jacket. Uh, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, I think we'll probably end the week doing kind of a mailbag uh, style episode. So if you've got questions, make sure you send them in for that. But uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.